Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning in verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You testify about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I am going, but you don't know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two people is valid. I am one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. The religious leaders objected to the testimony of Jesus because, well, after all, it was he who was doing the testifying, and everyone knows that people are biased about their own standing and opinions. Certainly that plays into the importance of our own testimony and our kingdom witness. A legal testimony needs to be substantiated through the witness of others. When our lives overflow Christ, when our living testimony comes from the position of deified light, living, walking, moving in the light of life, then we too bear witness of Christ, that his words are true, and his person is our eternal answer. Then it is not just Jesus testifying, it's us also. They said, you testify by yourself, your testimony is not valid. What they are doing was essentially throwing Christ's own words back into his face. For back in the fifth chapter of this gospel, he said, if I testify about myself, my witness is not valid. Now certainly where Jesus was going here was indeed dangerous ground, for his words would surely cause a ruckus and he had better be able to back his claims. Again, the religious leaders no doubt thought they had him trapped. But Jesus was not concerned, and he fearlessly stepped into that fray. Jesus stated for the record that even if his witness is of himself, it is sufficient that he is God in flesh. But a word of warning here, if you take such a position, you'd better be able to back it up. Because for this throwdown, you either make them stop in their tracks, or they'll kill you for it. Now beyond that position, Jesus goes on to say that he does indeed have testimony other than himself. He has the testimony of his father. He knew God had been speaking about him in prophecy for, well, thousands of years, and that he was the fulfillment of it all. He had proved that repeatedly and publicly. We know also that on that day of his baptism, God spoke in testimony, quote, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, In quote. That's back in Matthew 3.17. Now Jesus pointed out that these Pharisees were judging from an external perspective. They didn't have all the facts, nor did they see the whole picture. Man judges by sight and the knowledge he has on hand, but Christ sees into a man. A man would have to see into Christ to grasp the magnitude of his being. Verse 19, we read, They said therefore to him, Where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Jesus spoke these words in the treasury 
as he taught in the temple. Yet no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come. Jesus had claimed his father was also a witness and a testifier of his words. Pharisees, no doubt, facetiously looking around at this point, asked Jesus where his father was hiding because they didn't see him. Jesus' response was merely a confirmation. No, you don't see him. In fact, you really never have. Now we must take note that these men were the most religious dudes on the planet at that time. They had the knowledge, they had the scriptures, and they knew it well. They had a great ability to communicate those scriptures. They were the teachers, they were the intelligentsia. Yet the simple truth was they wanted the titles and the clout more than the responsibility and the accountability that came with those positions. They knew nothing of humility and nothing of true service unto God and kingdom. They wanted to be somebody, not to do something. Sadly, there's still so many of these folks around today. They have plenty of time to lord over others, very little uh, time to love them or to get their hands dirty. So be careful, Christian. Be aware of any who seek to lead you but have no track record, never having been faithful in the small things, as Matthew 25 and 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says. Jesus said therefore again to them, verse 21, I am going away and you will seek me, and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you can't come. The Jews therefore said, will he kill himself because he says where I am going, you can't come? Now, in a simple yet poetic way, Jesus clearly states his foreknowledge of the future and furthermore, his future. We are reminded yet again that Jesus was not hunted down and murdered. He gave himself to his calling. Here he is prophesying concerning his own crucifixion, his resurrection, ultimately his return to the heavenly realm of his father. Notice that Jesus was declaring that these men would not see heaven and they would not find the Messiah, despite the fact that they would seek him, quote unquote. All of this is certainly a staggering revelation. It is a breathtaking truth that there would be those who could and would spend their lives seeking the Messiah and yet will never find him and ultimately die in their sin and be lost forever. Now please notice herein, just who it is that he is speaking to. Very religious people. People who knew just about everything there was to know about scripture and about God. People who were in church faithfully every Sabbath, yet they were and would be eternally lost. They would, as many of us will, play the religious game their whole lives, but they would never find humility never find a passion of love towards God, never submit themselves to him as Lord, never seek his kingdom first in their lives, never be a follower and never be faithful in the small things. Sadly, many of us, after having sat in church our whole lives, will ultimately, ultimately only hear, I never knew you, depart from me, you who work iniquity. 
Verse 23, he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus was simply saying, Look, you don't understand what I'm saying to you because you're not of me, not of my Father. Those who are still living in and for this life in this world just don't get it. They can't get it. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, quote, The natural man doesn't receive the things of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. And he can't know them because they are spiritually discerned, end quote. Now, a very sad phenomenon are those who sit back and constantly complain, if only in their heads. I just don't get it. I don't understand why all these people have peace and I do not. Why do these people have joy in their lives and I'm always troubled and worried and kind of angry all the time? Those people seem to love serving Jesus in the church, to love being around each other, but I can never get motivated to do anything for him, nor do I really even like being with these people. You see, all of this... Uh, never do they just stop and wonder. Maybe it's just simply the fact that I have never really been born again. Even though I am going through all the motions, I have never really known him or his presence. I've never truly surrendered my life to him. And that, of course, will cost us eternity. People, perhaps you're saying, but I do believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I do believe he is the Son of God. Yet we need to define what believe really means in the context of Scripture. For it is more than merely a thought process. It means to entrust ourselves to him, a surrender of our lives and all of our plans to him. So he might then rewrite our plans it requires and even demands an action on our part. For belief never fails to actually move a person. Now, the longer you reside in that place of religious practice and still not know God's presence and peace, well, the greater the danger is that you'll never see your way out of it. Sadly, so very many people today are truly not born again, but they think they are. And they are beyond even any passing consideration that maybe in reality they're actually lost. Left to themselves sooner or later, they all just become like these Pharisees. It's all just, it all just becomes ludicrous thought. It is just simply out of the question that we really don't belong to God at all. And at that point, well, the game's over. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.